And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. As long as they keep on making animated Star Wars, Hope Molinax and Chris Honeywell will be on the case. Welcome to Jedi's and Jedi. A project that began with Clone Wars, and now they never end. Hi everyone, welcome to a brand new episode of J-Guys and Jedi, a weekly podcast this week wrapping up The Bad Batch. And hey, that's exactly what we are doing. We are looking back on The Bad Batch Season 1 this week with our recap. Season recap. It's almost like we finished the show. Zaza, how's that? How are you doing, Chris? I don't know how to get out of this. <laughs> I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Yeah, I had a pretty Sweating. standard. God, it's so god freaking hot outside. It is. It's. It is here too. Oh my god. It is every. I guess it is. I guess it's especially. I guess they're setting records in in the UK right now. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say that. Like when you're when they're setting records in the UK, you know it's global warming. <laughs> Oh my goodness, yeah. We've been lucky because we've had a lot of rain lately, so while it's been humid as hell, it has been a little tempered, but we're about to go into, like, later in the week, it's going to be, like, mid-90s. Sounds very similar to us, although we got more... It's been getting hot, but we got more rain. We got... I had this gigundous thistle plant in my front yard. I don't know if I've talked about it before, but the thing was, like, nine feet tall. Just gigantic, big thorns sticking, big purple flowers, and the, it it collapsed under its own weight. Basically, uh, after a big rainstorm, it got wet, and you could see all the other plants oh, leaning, wow. leaning forward. The thistle just went flat to the ground. <laughs> oh. I had I had to get a piece of rope today and like tied it to a tree and pulled it back up, but like the top third of it got like broken and just like cracked like a tree went crack and fell down. I was like, holy oh. shit. They're, they're quite a plant, man. They they grow in like ridiculously, like it's you know probably like four inches wide at the at the base of it, just yeah, growing over the summer. We have some lantanas it. that we planted last year, and they have just exploded this year. They are just insane and out of control. This guy but, just showed up in our yard, so I, we were just like, "Hey, that looks cool!" And it has big. I guess it's also the flowers are like great for bees. Bees, they they give off a lot of pollen, so that's good. We should always save our bees. Yeah. Always, always, always save the bees. We got three beehives right down at the end of our street, so got to keep them busy. Yeah, yeah, we've. We finally started like noticing um, butterflies because there was a while there, like after our our bug pest control people came by, that we didn't see butterflies for a while, and we were like, "Oh no, the butterflies!" And then they just kind of like emerged this week, and there's been so many butterflies. We're like, "Yay, they're back!" Can't get rid of the roaches though. No, oh, those... never. Oh my god, they're the worst. <laughs> Oh my goodness! We finished another season, Chris. Here we go. It was easy. Yeah, yeah. It's not like next season of Mando season two. Huh. Probably half the episodes of this. So. Yep. Yeah. So 
if this is your first time ever joining us for a recap, let me give you a bit of a rundown of what we do here. So Chris and I have questions that um, we both answer. And then we have questions that we wrote for each other that we answer. Um, and then what started with the Rex Revolution, where I would recap a season of Clone Wars from the point of view of Captain Rex, that became the Callus Revolution in season four, uh, season four in Rebels. And then we had story time with Aunt Z, and then we had the Grogu Evolution. And I won't spoil what the Evolution is for Bad Batch, but I'm very excited about it. And then we score up the season and our thoughts about it. So, are you ready to get into it, my friend? I'm ready. So, what are our top five favorite episodes and why? And perhaps we should start with the one that we have in common. Yeah, and then I think, we, you know, usually we just sort of run, like, you do your number five, I do my number five. But, like, this is a rare one where we really don't, we only have one in common. Yeah, and honestly, other than my first choice, um, mine are in any order. So... But yeah, this is this is very weird that we, for once, like, like you have what my honorable mention. Like, if we were picking top yeah. six, this would have been my honorable mention. But um, yeah, for the most part, like, this is, I think this is the first time we've only had one in common. I, I don't think we've ever ran into this before. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the closest would probably be with Mando season one, because all of your, because we did all, since it was only eight episodes, we just ranked them. And I think your tops were my bottoms. <laughs> so I think that's the cl- that's the, the most like. Yeah. One. So why don't we start with the one that we have in common? So, Chris, why did you pick Return to Camino and why? Well, I, I mean, I, I think it's like one of the more like most just sort of tying together the whole the whole season and tying it to the larger larger story you know the it's it sort of tying it going forward into the the palpy's clone vats and backwards from you know the stuff from the prequels and it's just beautiful to look at it's gothic the music is amazing it's just a it's just a very strong star wars thing you know as far as uh as far as uh this season goes i picked return to camino um because it this will be hope's theme for the episode but i'm gonna try to like not harp on it too much so i'm just gonna let you guys go no now um return to camino finally did something that i've been waiting for them to do all season which is have actual conversations that are well written and emotional and actually like push characters forward. And so like we I like Crosshair was really interesting in that episode because we got a lot with him to like really get into his head, even though a lot of it was bullshitty. It was very emotional seeing like Omega come back um, because she clearly didn't want to be there. It was um, a really a lot of nice bookends with the first episode like with the training montage or the training droids fighting them. And it was nice to see AZ again. So like, it was just an episode for me that did a lot of things that I've been waiting for them to do all season long. So that's why I chose uh, Return to Camino because it's, uh, it, it's, it's something I waited like 10 weeks for. <laughs> so, 
So um, I think we should just run through our lists. Do you want to just do your four and then uh, your last four and then my last four? Sure. Yeah, you start. What is your list? Okay, so um, starting from the bottom, uh, uh, decommissioned, which is your honorable honorable mention. Yeah, let me. I'll throw that. I'll I'll jump on you, jump on top of yours once you're done with talking about it. It was. It's a fun, fun episode. It gets big bonuses for being a battle droid episode. I always like when battle droids get to pop in basically almost every series. So it was. It was. It was just a a a, a fun. Um, it, it brought back the Martez sisters in a plausible and and realistic way in an interesting way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, decommissioned was my honorable mention because anybody who knows me knows that I love my Martez sisters. It was so good seeing Trace and Rafa again. R.I.P. to both of their coats because their fabulous coats from Clone Wars were gone. And it it and of course the battle droids is wonderful and just building, like you know they were key to getting Rex into the series as well. Um, but honestly, Rafa screaming at Hunter, "You maniac! You could have killed me!" It's still like one of my top moments of the season. Like if I had to isolate just moments, just Rafa screaming at Hunter and like chewing him out is still one of my favorite moments of the show. So that's that's why it's my honorable mention. But um, I thought my my choices for the rest of it, I thought were better episodes. So all right, take it away the rest of the way. All right. So next on my list is uh, Rescue on Ryloth with. Uh... I'm sure, like, if if this was one of your favorites, favorites, it would have a lot of Hauser stuff in it, and and I have you know his speech at the end is a is a very sort of important thing to happen with the you know with the advancement of just what's going on with the clones and post post order sixty six, and it's a, it's just a, a nice ending to the to the little Hera story in there. All right, my next one is uh, Reunion. It's got that, uh, well, it's got the Toothpick Twins in it. Let's basically just put it that way. What are the Toothpick Twins? It's Cad Bane and uh, Crosshairs. Oh, yeah, okay, okay. And it's got that new weird, like, Wilhelm, like, the scream they're using is a Wilhelm scream in it, which I really like. So, yeah, that got points. Um, and my, my next one is uh, Cornered. Um, mostly because of Darth Buggles. But it's just uh. ge- generally, uh, it's, a, it's a fun episode. I like the atmosphere of of you know the 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 city they're in and when it gets going it's a night it's a really nice really nice fun violent chase that's like different than a lot of star wars chases because it's like in a small it's not like you know a big epic you know you know tearing through the city it's just sort of like a chase through a small town with some small town cops after you. it's more like something from Dukes of Hazard. Yeah, and Phoenix awesome in that one. It's, it's yeah. good to see you're like kind of like green and stuff. Yeah, and I just will... wiping everybody out. <laughs> Speaking of Darth Buggles, I recorded on Saturday 
uh, with Allie for for her YouTube channel. Um, and we were talking about Amphibia, but in the opening, I was like, yeah, like, Allie's been on my show and we've been on hers. And I just I just went, all hell Darth Buggles, and her face just got, like, really big. Just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, for the rest of mine, um, I'll just go backwards. And like I said, other than my number one, these are in no order. Um, my first one was Aftermath. I It's a... It might be one of the strongest opening episodes of Star Wars animation. It is, I mean, other than Kanan being a 30-year-old white child, um, the rest of it is fantastic. Like, seeing Order 66 and that, like, confusion that the Bad Batch have have of, like, what is happening. And also to introduce Omega. I love the jailbreak scene and Echo just being like, if you touch that child, I will fucking murder you. Like, I, I just felt like um, they just picked right up from the Clone Wars arc, but immediately they started, like, really getting into the characters and who they are, what they work, and then they stagnated for ten episodes, but we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it, it, it's it's a gorgeous episode. It brings it back now, I'll say. Um, but they, just, Aftermath was really just probably one of the most solid pilots that we've had. I would argue in... For sure, animation, maybe in all of, it's uh, it's probably top three of all Star Wars TV shows so far. I would probably put Mando season one, and that's um, quite a pilot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then and maybe Kenobi. I need to. I've only seen Kenobi once, so I'd, I I haven't done my second watch through because I'm kind of just waiting till we get to it. But I would almost argue like Kenobi season one would probably, and then Bad Batch. Because I, I, in that order, Mando, Kenobi, Bad Batch. I think those are the like the three best pilots we've had in Star Wars TV so far. Um, next is Devil's Deal, because it's hot. <laughs> it has walk cycle, Shams and Dula, and we we actually get to meet Alini, and it was really cool to see Hera's mom because um, it was and to have her be named and like she did all the stuff. I love Twi'leks. And we got to see kind of like um, compared to the Raxus episode with the Separatists, we're get we're getting to see how the winners of the Clone Wars are being treated, and essentially how like fascism is moving in, and seeing how like Gobi is this underhanded kind of like guy, but he's right, he's right, and he's working with Olini, and it's, it was so cool to see like Heron Chopper come back. Hauser's a really great character. Um, I, I, like, if we weren't picking, like, singular episodes, I would say the Ryloth arc as a whole. I just think when comparing De Devil's Deal to Rescue on Ryloth, to me, Devil's Deal is a stronger episode. Because the crosshair stuff in that is really great. Um, and Omega and Hera's friendship bonding, like, was, it was all really good. So I, I thought Dev out of the two, Devil's Deal was the stronger episode. And it's funny, we also picked a, I also picked a Bounty Hunter episode. <laughs> Because I chose Bouncy Lost. Um, because as much as I gave, like, I loved Cad Bane's return and reunion, and I know I had, like, a 30-minute debate with you about it. Um, I still love Cad Bane, and it was so cool to see him back, like, him and Toto. But I think I liked Bounty Lost a little bit more because it gave a lot of world building with the Kaminoans. The pickle people are disgusting, but it has a lot of implications for like the bigger picture. And honestly, it's Cad Bane and Fennec Shan for 22 minutes duking it out 
but we also get to see Omega on her own and like see like it was really the first time she's been on her own and having to figure things out and having to get away and be smart and essentially take like all the lessons that she's learned from the Bad Batch so far and apply them and so it's it's really a nice check check in from how much her character has grown up to that point so I really like Bounty Lost. So, those are in any order, but my number one episode, still my 10 for 10 episode, I said it then, I'll say it again, Cut and Run. I love Cut and Run. It's so good to see Cut Queen again, it's so good to see Sue, and to see uh, their kids back, and it's a really good entry so early in the season, because after Aftermath, you know, it's the Bad Batch are pretty much lost, and they also don't know how to parent. And so, like, them going to, like, Cut Laquane and, like, essentially getting parent lessons is really wholesome. I love the scene after the Nexu tries to attack Omega, and, like, and, and Cut showing them how to comfort her. Like, that scene is, like, really wholesome. That is probably my favorite scene of the entire first season. And it's just, you're already seeing how fast that the, that the, um, Empire is just swooping in. It's been maybe a week, and that's being generous. It's probably been days since Order 66 has happened, and it's just, like, Palpatine was just ready to drop that, that, like, those powers on people, and just ready to go. And it's terrifying to see how fast it's happening. And... Um, and last but certainly not least, the ve- like when they go to the marketplace, that very, very sexy Alina, who's just like, I got your chain goods. <laughs> she just has like bedroom eyes. Like, I love it. I love Cut and Run. It is my favorite episode of, of season one and so far my favorite episode of the series so far. So, yeah, those are my five. Good. Well, uh, we got a good we 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 cut a good swath through the whole run. Between and honestly, the we had like a lot of similar ones. Like we both had a Ryloth, we both had a Bounty Hunter episode. Yeah. So like we were actually pretty, we were closer than we thought. So, um, and, and for the next question, this was interesting because your choice was in the running, but then I thought about it. So this is actually this is very interesting to me. So the next question is, what was your least favorite episode of the season and why? AKA, what 30 minutes do you want back in your life? Um infested although i liked it it was a fun episode but it's basically treading water and the the action in it outside of like the tribute to the um indiana jones and the temple of doom minecart chase is pretty well i mean that is something we've seen before too (laughs) you know but it was neat to see it paid tribute to but like as a as a like creepy bug episode it, it it's not one of the stronger creepy bug episodes in Star Wars animation and 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 I think we had a lot of conversation about how a lot of the downfall of the show was just its placement it was when things should be when things should be advancing this episode is just sort of a little mini story you know yeah but it's good, you know. I mean, just it's this is. I always find myself in this place here, going like, I like. I still like the episode. I, I still haven't like really had one since way back in Clone Wars. Even then, it wasn't like I want my thirty minutes back. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I did consider Infested, and the reason I didn't choose it 
is because it did a lot of legwork for Sid. And it was essentially her character episode. And I think they did a lot for her. And they could also possibly be setting up for Roland to come back. So to me, it had, Infested had like, it, it's, I still say my, it's a perfectly fine episode. It, it's not, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, to me, it's in the wrong spot. Like, I still yeah. stand by that. Um, so, but to me, it had a lot of long-term implications, which is why instead I chose replacements. So the, about the thing about replacements is all the crosshair stuff is fascinating. The crosshair stuff is really good. Like this is him like getting his team and they're all humans and he's a clone. And then they go find Saul Guerrero's camp and then there's war crimes. Like that entire chunk is really interesting. The rest of the episode sucks <laughs> because it's the Bad Batch chasing a lizard for like 12 minutes. Yeah, and it's just a B-plot that they came up with to support the other one that's like... Yeah. And I'd rather have 22 minutes of just the crosshair stuff, because that's so much more fascinating. And I'll definitely come back, because one of my points in my questions that you asked me is about crosshair's people, and I will come back to that. But, like, when you only have half of an episode working, to me, all of Infested worked. The entire episode, 22 minutes of Infested, work. For replacements, only half of the episode worked. The other half was like Omega chasing a lizard with Hunter. And then they had to get their MacGuffin to get off the planet. Like, it just it just was not anything. And, yeah, so I chose replacements. I, I felt like it was a much more egregious episode than Infested, which is fine. It's a fine episode. It's just <laughs> less than fine. Because half the episode doesn't work. So... I'm interested to hear about you because I'm, I'm torn on this one. Um, so the next question is, who is the best developed character this season? And I'm torn. Actually, let me start because I see that you took off my notes. Um, to me, for best developed character this season, I'm torn between Omega and Hunter for completely different reasons. Because... I could see an argument for Omega because she's a new character. She did a lot of growth. She learned a lot. She's becoming more of a leader. Um, she's having her voice heard. She was essential in multiple plots. And yeah, but for Hunter, his change was a lot more nuanced um, because there's the clear confusion in the beginning and the world is changing. And of course, I famously have said he became a waffle for like eight episodes but there was clearly a change when he's faced off with Crosshair. He's clearly gone on a character journey. His his thoughts about the regs have changed. He's he's much more vocal and he's more willing to stand up to Crosshair and to the Empire by the time he reaches the end of the season. And I don't think Hunter in season one would in episode one would have done that. So for completely different reasons, I think they're tied because they probably had the most focus of character development this season. Though I do agree with your third choice because I think that's the most interesting character. Yeah. But I, I don't think he had the most change. So now I'm going to tag right. off. Tag. Okay. Like I think, well, Omega more so than Hunter because Omega had more to learn, you know, than, than Hunter. Hunter has like just like a couple important things about leadership to learn, which ironically he's learning from Omega, it seems like. <laughs> But like Hunter's just he's he's all, all the bad batch are kind of like stubborn and thick headed. They're they're programmed clones, so it takes them a while to 
to move. So he's moving, but he's just starting to get there. You know, he was just starting to get there at the end. And, uh, and, and yeah, like I said, uh, um, Crosshairs actually did the most changing, but it was like, or, or, you know, sort of interesting character things going on with him, but they were like not the most consistent or clear. So yeah, he doesn't win the award. Yeah. Cause to me, Omega's the obvious hunters, the new ones. Yeah. And that's the difference in my brain. But to me, Crosshair is the most interesting. Um, but I don't, I don't, I don't see him as changing. I just think he's the most interesting of the characters because there's this big golden question of how much was it his inhibitor chip and how much is it him? And that is the golden question. Um, the million credit question of the show, because if he got it out early and he's been doing all this shit on his own, that's different from he got it out late. And he's just not like on his own. Like that—that—that's that, that, a timeline we need. So, um, who is the weakest character? Who had no, 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 no. Who had the weakest character development of the season? I would like to start. Okay. As much as I hate to say this, because he's my favorite and I love him, I would have to say Tech, because at least Wrecker had some mini arcs around his inhibitor chip. And to me, Echo was at least vocal and really trying to push Hunter and really standing his ground, which I guess isn't the best character development, but he is very much a catalyst for pushing for change. So that makes him a really interesting character. I love Tech, but he's very one note and he really didn't do anything all season other than be Tech and have that Fly like a maniac. <laughs> yeah, that is still the best part of the show is, is whenever Tech flies like an insane person. I love it. But yeah, like I hate Omega because he's my favorite. But I would say that Tech is the weakest character of the show so far. Yeah, I agree with that. But it's kind of close with Echo for me because Echo like has a lot of shit that like probably needs to be worked out because he's a horribly, insanely, like almost inconceivably only from like a sci-fi movie traumatized, you know, hooked up to a machine and like had his brain garbled and had to re readjust to regular life again. And he's a reg. So it's like, I just, it just see, see, and like a lot of times he sort of seems to be on the bottom of their pecking order and like none of that. So, and it just, you know, there there aren't any issues with tech as much. Tech is just sort of living his best tech life. But, like, Echo needs a little TLC, you know, character-wise. He's had quite a... And, you know, for and Star Wars shows are, are really good with dealing with people's trauma. And it just sort of is, you know, maybe there's more of that to come down the line. But, like, it, we could have we been maybe uh, setting it up a little more if it's going to come later, you know? I yeah, and just for a preview, one of the questions that Chris wrote me is who has the best and worst character arcs? Character development and character arcs are two different things for me, which is why I put tech here, but I'm definitely gonna be talking about Echo later. I always leave arcs. that question the same and I always see it and I go like, Oh wait, I'm just repeating the other question and then I go like, Oh wait, no, I'm not though. No, because there's a difference between character development and character arcs. 
because um, development is character focused, arcs yes, are plot focused. They can be interwoven together, but they're two different things. Yeah, so um, I will definitely have some things to say about Echo later. Uh, the next question. Who or what would you like to have seen more of this season? Um, I would have liked to see, you know, because I love the LTS, love that shit. But just a little, not too much. I, I, you know, I mean, I would be like, yes, give me as much as possible. But story, you know, story-wise, I would have just liked a little more leaky clone vat story and and Palpatine connections and stuff because they have a little bit of an opportunity to help, like, clean up, you know, make, you know, the 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 last, the, the, the final... Well, the whole, you know, they have all sorts of, to, to shore up stuff and maybe like give a little more resonance to the sequel trilogy, which I'm not a fan of it as a trilogy, you know, but at the same time, I would not mind them, you know, I mean, like Clone Wars, I love Clone Wars, but I love this, the, the prequels too, but I, but I know for a lot of people like that didn't like the prequels, the Clone Wars helped to like make the prequels have a little more resonance with them and are watchable on a different level for them. And I think they have an opportunity in this show to, to do, to do this a little bit with the clone vets and they're doing it a little bit, you know, with, with, you know, meeting with the, the guy who looks like the guy from the, the, from the Mandalorian, but, Let's short it up more with the Mandalorian, which, you know, I guess in the end, it's all going to shore it up with the sequel trilogies. But I like they still are kind of hiding from the prequels and the sequels, you know, and it's weird, you know, because... I, I get that. Yeah, because I'm almost positive because Nalise lived and she got passed off to like the, the lady medical officer. I'm almost sure we're going to return to this point at some point. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. They wouldn't set it up. Or, you know, I mean, it could show up in something else, but, like, it'll probably show up in this, too, to keep it I wouldn't up, be surprised but... because I think... I Okay, Hope could be misremembering wrong because it's been a hot minute since I've seen it. I saw the bootleg footage of the Mando preview from Celebration, and Dr. Pershing is in it. So I wouldn't be surprised when we get Mando season three if they're like, yes, we did this stuff based on Nalise's work, blah blah blah, yeah, and yeah. then we get and then we get like Bad Batch season two, and it's just like, ah, Nalise's work is all this stuff, like. But I totally get what you're saying because they could because we are seeing Camino for the last time. They could have done more, so I totally get that. Um, for me. The theme of the episode, have more conversations, <laughs> meaningful Jeez, I conversations. I didn't see that coming. More meaningful conversations. Um, and and I, I did I talk about the spitter or can I? Blah, blah, that? blah. That's all it is with you, Hope. All you want is that blah, blah, blah. Um, sorry, I'm checking to see if I got into this later because I don't want to. Repeat oh, I thought you were. I thought you were gearing up for a shut the fuck up, Chris. Uh, no, 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 no. I just, I just don't want to repeat Chris. myself twice. <laughs> um. Okay, no, I didn't. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want you have to. I don't want to bore our people. Um, because the thing is, is like, 
they are hot. They're talking, but they're not having conversations, which are different. Two different things. And they're all these half conversations and they're not really delving into it. And I think if they had more more conversations then I might not have have as many problems with tech echo and wrecker because like I just think back to other shows like one of the I think it's the first episode of rebels Ezra comes outside and sits with Hera and they talk and resistance they sit around a table to talk about the fascism invading their peacetime and they debate it they even in clone wars where they have like battles and craziness and stuff like that anakin will sit with ahsoka and talk to her and it's just like why like no one's talking in this show until we got to that one episode and i think that's why it's so (laughs) jarring that hunter suddenly has a character arc because he he spent most of the season shutting down like echo and shutting down these conversations and then suddenly he's with uh, Crosshair and he's just like, let me tell you all my thoughts about the regs and everything you're doing is wrong and fascism is wrong. And it's good that he got there and he, that he, that happened because it makes sense, but it's all nuance. It's all done in looks. And when you're having an animated show, sometimes you do have to be a touch more on the nose. What, and- what was that TV show about the girl who lived in the, with the, in the like religious cult and like, wow. She lived like it was like she lived like in a in a underground bunker with her family for many years, and then all of a sudden she's out in the regular world living. That's what I like, you know, Ezra and it, it, I, I mean, know there's a movie with Brendan Fraser that's called Blast from the Past where they thought a nuclear bomb was dropped. Yeah, and no, this is different. This is different. It was a. It was. It was essentially like the a, same conversation though. Something world of Kimmy, something like that. It, it was it was kind of a hit show for a little while. Oh, uh, uh, um, breakable something of Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've so never so, seen it, so. But but you know neither have I. But like the premise of it, like you know, the, That's the premise those... of Kimmy Schmidt. Huh? That's the premise of Kimmy Schmidt. I think so. <laughs> I Unless never I'm knew. getting it confused with something else, but like um, but anyway, but the premise of like you know like Ezra and I mean Kanan and. And all of them, they've lived in the world with people, you know. Oh my and, God, this is the premise. I never, I, I know nothing about Kimmy Schmidt except for seeing like the occasional GIF. It's a and, great, it's a great premise, you know. It's oh like, my goodness, I didn't know this was water the premise. As you can go without having just a fish out of water, but like, um, yeah, and 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 they've lived in the world, and they've they've gotten the tools to you know talk talk and every you know and everything and like i mean basically kanan was the closest one that like he you know he he escaped escaped the the jedi order was finished you know before he was really like fully in a cult and then he was out in the world whereas the bad batch they there's not much you know they weren't probably given the tools to talk about their feelings or anything like that they were given the tools to fight wars and now they're and and you know and omega's lived in a in basically a fishbowl her whole life you know in a in a one little place and so that you know they are they are stunted you know socially and and the bad batch are big old hormonal like you know 
vats of vats of toxic max masculinity and it's it's toned down to make them <laughs> you know characters that you like but they're they're not going to be in touch they 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 weren't made to be in touch with their emotion they weren't they weren't given the tools to do it they didn't have the 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 experiences to you know socialize outside of their you know outside of their cult which was like uh, military you know a bunch of military clones of themselves and jedi <laughs> and that's what they were that's what they were dealing with as far as their world you know and then the enemies that they were you know had to hunt down and kill so like yeah i expect them to be not as you know able to sit down and and get to the bottom work something out you know like ezra and, and kanan and and hera could do you know i hear you I totally do because you've made this argument before. Um, yeah. And I know. And it, I'm and just I, trying I, to word it different, I guess, and bring Kimmy Schmidt into the mix. Yeah, or Brendan Fraser's blast, blast from the past, <laughs> because that's also the premise of they thought a nuclear bomb, a nuclear war had started, and he had been raised in a bunker, and it turns out just an airplane crashed on top of their house, and nobody knew that they were down there, so they were down there for 50 years, or they were down there for something like 30 years, and he finally emerges to get supplies, and um, he experiences life for the first time. It's a very charming movie, but um, I hear you, and I understand that argument. This is a fucking TV show. It's boring to watch. It just that premise does not work. I hope the pew pew, the pew pew pew, the pew pew. I can I can rebut without even using words. I like the pew pew as much as as the next person, but there's also a point where you have to have character development. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, the pew pew is the pew pew doesn't really like isn't really as exciting to me in Star Wars anymore as much as like what's really getting me lately at this point in my Star Wars fandom is like the vistas and stuff. Can they like a really beautiful landing on a planet or, you know, or really nice mood to a, a you know, a location or something like that. That, that, that's getting me more charged now that I've seen so many pew pews in Star Wars now. Yeah, I like when they do new things with pew-pews. Like, still one of my favorite pew-pews is Clone Wars, where they're fighting Cad Bane and they turn off the gravity. So it's an anti-gravity yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. That's an interesting pew-pew. And, yeah. and like you said, like the, the chase with Finnick Shand. That's one of the episodes friend of friend of Two True Freaks, George Kirstick, wrote. Yeah, Um. so I, I do like the pew-pews, but like, it makes for a not interesting show if there's not character development happening. Um. So... All right, Chris, what was your top what the fuck moment? I'm, oh, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, it really was like that they, they you know, because I know they, they want to have in their back pocket a possible, you know, redemption for crosshairs. But then they went to, you know right to war crimes with him and you just get the feeling that he's just been like mercilessly like ending people for the empire through the whole thing i did i really did not expect that in the series i was thinking about this point the other day like when when i saw your note um and because callus did too and callus was redeemed and i was like but what was the difference 
The difference to me is, one, we didn't see it. It was just told to us. So there's a difference between showing and telling. Yeah. And the other thing is they had the 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 sub point of Callus didn't know he was involved with the genocide until it was too late. He yeah, just thought he, he, he was, was coming. He was t- taken up in the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Frosthair that genocide sort of was probably own... a turning point for him to be like, I got to, you know, start orchestrating my exit from here, you know? Yeah. And for Crosshair, though, one of his men stood up to him and said, I'm not doing this. This is wrong. Crosshair murdered him. And then they murdered the people. Which, yeah. So it's it's very different. And I yes. think however they redeem Crosshair, they're going to have to do a lot of good stuff with it. A lot and of I work, yeah. A lot of work. And I don't tr- currently trust these writers at the moment, too. Um, honestly, I was torn for my what the fuck moment because war crimes was one. And the other one was slimy, gross pickle people falling out of a tube on top of Phoenix Shand, and she just has this gross, naked, dead body on top yeah. of her, and it's slimy, and I was not expecting pickle people. Yeah. Like, it's one thing seeing the pickle person in, like, a tube. It's another thing where the pickle person is dead. Flopping around on and top of you. cold and slimy. Like, ugh. Naked. So, like... It's got its pickled, dead genitals rubbing up against you. So yeah, I I was torn between the p- pickled people and the war crimes for like two different reasons. Those are very different kind of what the fucks. Um, it's well, clammy, we... snooky genitals. What? <laughs> uh, what? Was it's your... little Snoke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's no Snoke. Oh, oh the boy. Snoke was right across my forehead. Uh. I'm going to move on. What was your favorite um, <laughs> droid or robot moment this season? I'm cheating a little bit, but my, because this is a, this is a robot. This is, this is, um, I think they've picked up a robot now, but for the most part, this has been like a fairly, you know, gonky has been in there, but like, it just doesn't have that p- pivotal role for the robot. And like we said, it's echoes been sort of, filling that role so i'm picking the part where they made it they made him be a robot and sold him to a junk dealer <laughs> yeah that's easy that i guess best <laughs> i didn't think it was great for for him but like as a story element it was just like geez <laughs> and it, it like it says a lot so yeah that's mine Yours is much more traditional and and is actually legit. Um, yeah, mine was uh, easy. I just I love that they brought him back, but the moment in like in particular was him saving Omega. I was an emotional wreck that we were going to lose AZ again after the Fives arc. And I was like, this is the Fives arc from Clone Wars all over again. And I was in tears and they save him. But like he gave his like last dying breath to save Omega. And like that entire scene is very emotional. And I, and I was not okay watching it the first time. Um, 
And so like that was that was probably mine. Like I was just so happy to have AZ back. And then now that he's officially part of the crew, like I'm very excited about that. So I just thought of an honorable mention, and that's Toto getting his leg shot off and then carrying it around. Ah you shot my leg. Ah, how did I not mention Toto? It's my favorite droid. Oh my goodness. I take my I for, I totally forgot too. I just remembered it just now because I was like doing a little mental and I was like, all right, Toto's in here too. I, I take it back. I'm sorry, AZ. Toto is my favorite droid of Star Wars. <laughs> and everything every moment he was on screen is the best robot moment. Him stealing the money from Finnick, him like walking around Yoink with his little leg. Yep. Like him, yep. like being a little sassy butt. Uh, Does he whack to- somebody with it? Then knock somebody out with his, with his, with his severed leg at some point. I feel Come like he behind. did. Oh, I, I oh, I think it's when he gets some money. I think he knocks some money out of her hand and yanks it. With I his think leg. you're right. Um, but there's also the point where, like, you think he's going to change his heart and he's, you think he's going to become a good guy. No, he's just still a fucking asshole because he's Toto. Like, he doesn't have a change of heart. I take it back. Toto's my – everything Toto does is my favorite robot moment this season. I love my boy. I love my baby boy Toto. Um, is there a moment that you're still not over, whether it was funny, happy, sad, cool, horrible, awesome? Like, what moment are you not over? Um, Cad Bane on Camino. Remember, he did that. He had his foot rockets on, and then he did that. It, it, I I call it a backflip on here, but it's, it wasn't a backflip. But it was just sort of a backwards slide over a railing backflip move to get back onto the platform on Camino. That was just totally slick, but also just kind of like a desperate move, and just like uh, I, I, it was amazing. Because I think his arms were tied. I think yes. Finnick, like, and yes. so he kind of had to like flop over the railing. And and the physics of it looked completely, you know, right. You know, I don't know if they were completely accurate or not, but it looked right. It looked like something out of a Western movie and a science fiction movie at the same time. That was wonder- wonderful. Um, for me, my honorable mention is, how is everyone so fucking sexy in the Ryloth arc? Everyone's so, so sexy. Not so. over. Um, and as much as I gave it a lot, like I had a, like a 30 minute debate about cameos in the show. Ryloth, Hope Sex Planet. Something about Ryloth. Oh, if I could go to Ryloth, I just like live there forever. Um, but Maybe they m- should do a spinoff that's like Fantasy Island, but it's set on Ryloth. Oh, sign me up. Reality um, show. But my real answer. Um, is even though I gave it, like, I I had a 30-minute debate about it, and I went off about cameos and shows and stuff like that, I still love Cad Bane's return. I, it's, it's so intense. The moment that you see him, you know shit is real. You know that Omega and Hunter are in danger. And it's not a good thing that he's there. The entire scene is so tense. The lighting is beautiful. The music is freaking amazing. Like everything about Cad Bane's return is one of like, is such a stellar moment of Star Wars, especially if you're a Clone Wars fan and you know exactly who that is. The moment you see him and then Toto pops out and I screamed 
like Cad Baden's return, I am not over that moment. And I love it as much as I gave it shit in the episode. But it wasn't his it wasn't Cad Bane and Toto. It was the it was the cameos that are overused to me. So here's the Andor though. Andor looks great. They just dropped a another like TV spot. And I'm just like, oh, I can't wait for Andor. And finally, the last question for both of us. Um, this is not one of our normal ones, but I just wanted to throw this in here because we haven't really talked about this yet. Chris, what are your predictions for season two? Mine is just one short, like, I just, I think this is going to be a story element of it. I'm I'm sort of, um, I'm sort of like, I, I don't disagree with anything in, in yours, but mine is, is more just like this specific thing is going to happen, sort of. It's not super specific. But I think uh, Crosshairs is going to end up bonding or embroiled with the one or more of the kid clones and that is what's gonna put him on track to be like i gotta get the bad batch and get these kids out of here because they're probably going to be planning some sort of you know they're probably going to be doing some evil space nazi tinkering on those kids you know if they're going to keep you know they're probably going to be like you know, how, you know, if we're going to keep them alive, what use are they going to be? Well, we can experiment, you know, we can use them for Palpatine's experiments or whatever. And that's where Crosshairs is going to be like, all right, because he'll he'll be able to actually see himself in those kids, you know, and that might be the turning point. That's 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 what I think is going to sort of be the. Do you think that they'll go? Do you think that they'll go like a callous route where Crosshair starts feeding intel to the Bad Batch? I don't think that's how Crosshairs would Crosshair would work. I think if Crosshair, if Crosshair would plan an exit and be like be done, like he would like contact the Bad Batch to be like, "Here's how we get these kids out of here," you know, and then. After that, he's going to be sort of directionless and they might be able to talk him into being like, look, you know, you can they're going to be coming after you anyway, so you might as well fight him or whatever. But like, yeah, I think that the the kid clones are definitely going to be, you know, because I, I have a feeling the rest of the Bad Batch is not going to be like trying to tangle with crosshairs after this, you know, and he's not going to be really going after them. So it's. You know, if you're going to have these kids in there, I think it's going to be through, you know, maybe they'll be like, okay, well, we'll have Crosshairs work with him because he's a clone also, you know, and he'll be able to keep them, you know, they'll they'll respect him because he's an older clone and make it easier for us to get him in the vats. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's just a horrible fate <laughs> in I don't think it's good. You know, they could do something as simple as like, yeah, we're going to execute all of them. But if they were going to do that, they did that a while ago, you know, in the storyline. They probably did it at the same, you know, before they blew up Camino. So if those kids are running around, they have some reason for that, you know. So that's what I, that's where I think it's going. To quote Majora's Mask, you've met a terrible fate, haven't you? <laughs> um, for me, I think Bad Batch season two is not necessarily story-wise, but structure-wise, is going to follow Rebels Season 2, which is 
they had because in Rebels season one they were almost entirely on Lothal for the majority of the season, right? And in season two they had to leave Lothal and then they were traveling. And now that Camino is destroyed and it's essentially the end of the Clone Wars era, I do think that we're going to be doing a lot more galaxy hopping. I think we're going to be seeing the Bad Batch growing as people. We already know that they have new armor and that there's a little bit of a time jump. Um, and I think a lot of season two is going to be focusing on them actually finding their purpose and probably getting more involved. Maybe not getting involved fully with the rebellion per se, but I think they're going to be getting more involved with like Rex and saving clones. Uh-huh. Um, and so I, I, I do think it's going to be going in that direction. And for Crosshair, I, I don't, I do not think that he's going to be fully redeemed by the end of season two. That's just, I just, that's going to be really fast, and they have a lot. Yeah, of I don't, I don't think so either. But honorable ones was in season two of Rebels, and that's when Callus started going. Am I the baddie? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was Callus's "Am I the baddie?" moment. So I could see that they they start Crosshair's turning point in season two, but definitely not a full redemption. And my other bold thing is, I think we're going to see Boba. They've done a lot after yeah. Boba Fett, and yep. and they name dropped him in Bad Batch season one, and they just had a book of Boba Fett. I feel like season two is now prime time to bring in Boba. Like it's it's just prime time to bring him in because that would be a lot for Omega, and then if they wanted to br- in turn do something for Mando season three because because Bad Batch season two comes out first and Mando season three is next year, so if they bring in Boba here and set up with something with Omega, then they could do something Bad Batchy in Mando season three. Yeah, um, somewhere down somewhere down the line in Book of Boba Fett, you could you'll have the you know. Like, I mean, like say, say Boba Fett becomes, you know, the the wielder, the leader of the Mandalorians, you know. Is Boba, and, Boba Fett season getting a season two? Because, huh? I Is don't Boba know. Boba... Uh, like he, oh, if... it's in it's in the rumor mill. Uh, it sounds like it, apparently it got quote unquote leaked, quote unquote, that there's a season two poster, quote unquote. Oh yeah, no, I I heard that. Yeah, that there's they're planning on season two of Book of Boba Fett. Um, but like, if Boba's gonna be like like ends up being like the head of the Mandalorians, and it's and and a lot of it has to do with wielding the dark saber. Omega should be able to wield the dark saber too, because she and Boba are the same, basically. Technically, but she, I think she would have a harder time because Mando is more lifestyle than born into. Like, yeah, there are blood Mandos like Sabine, but then there are young, there are foundlings like Den, and he's lived a Mando lifestyle. So, but like, she's just like, I've been on Camino. That's my yeah. But if it ends up being a prophecy thing, you know, it could end up being a prophecy thing. It it could, you know. But yeah, there's all sort there's all sorts of interesting ways to go by putting Omega and Boba Fett together. So I think that's yeah. a really good idea, and it's very interesting and unusual. So yeah, because Boba would be because he left Clone Wars, and he when he was a teenager when he left Clone Wars. So like this would probably be 
I have to assume that he's older. I have to assume that he's older than Omega because he's Alpha. His codename is Alpha, so that's something yeah. he was made first. Um, so he would probably be late teens, early twenties. Um, I but Hope doesn't care about Star Wars math. If he's younger, fine. <laughs> Hope doesn't care about what Boba's age is, but like it just feels like it's a good time to bring in Boba and have him be like the big character like like the cad like you know the the impact of bringing in cad bane right. i feel like that would be the impact of bringing in boba like he'd mm-hmm. be that character for the season i say after ranting about how i hate cameos and it would also it's be different here because that's like boba is actually their brother so it, it actually would, makes sense here it would also be a younger and meaner and more evil boba fett too so it would be very yeah. interesting what i would like to see again as i rant about cameos and be a hypocrite um i would almost like to see Finnick and Boba have a run-in. Not a big run-in, but they were sort of aware of each other. Like, they they were at least both in the same field. And, like, with Bounty Hunters, everybody knows everybody. So I wouldn't mind, like, Finnick and Boba having, like, a little run-in. Not, like, a full episode or a team-up, but just being like, hey, it's you, hey. Just, just something to give some groundwork for Book of Boba Fett. I think that would be nice, but that's just me I think it would be. I think it would be better to have, like, Fennec Shan see Boba Fett. And that starts her, and she's like, wow, this guy's, she gets some admiration for him. And that builds some of her for the future, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think they could do something there. But I feel like having Finnick and Bomba together would be like sprinkles on top, but for like the actual ice cream sundae, it just needs to be Baba. Like it just feels like a good time. Yeah. He is their brother. He is intricate, intricately tied to Omega and he just feels like a story element that needs to be addressed. So I feel like season two is the time to do that. Um, all right, so we have finished all the questions that we are both asking for that we're both answering. And now we have written questions for each other. Um, one, two, three, four, five. One, it's two, usually five each. Three, four, five. Yeah, so me, you, me, you, me, you. So you need to ask me mine first. So then I can end with okay. that. Um, to, with to, a very to special time it up evolution. With your, your evolution? Okay. So, but yeah, the way this works is we wrote questions for each other and then we get to answer them. So. All right. So uh, what do you think? It... Okay. I, I, I asked this question and I'm just giving you more chance. We know, we know what it is, but here it goes. What is the most neglected element in season one? And because I <laughs> talked about this, because I talked about this at length about the lack of meaningful conversations, I'm not going to do it for the umpteenth time. So I decided to focus on another Ooh. element that I felt was lacking just so everybody wouldn't hear me rant about it again. Um, And so another thing that I felt that was really neglected in season one is Crosshair's little group of elite soldiers. His little Knights of Ren. Yeah, they don't have names. Their their names are like ES-02. They don't have real names. They when their helmets are on, they all look the same. I don't know which is which. There's no markings to tell them apart. They all just look the same. And sometimes Crosshair looks like them too. It has to be like a well-lit shot and no one's moving where I'm just like, oh, there's maybe Crosshair. They w- maybe they want to co- contrast how there's less individual, that individuality isn't Again, isn't that's, there anymore. that is lo- sound logic. That is very sound logic. For a but they don't show it. Yeah. For a television show, it's dumb. We only really see the maskless 
for like one episode. We see them without their masks. Only once. And they sound the same. They look the same. They don't have names. And these guys are just big nothing burgers. Because, like, we get this. They're supposed to be the most elite soldiers. And then almost all of them are dead. Except for the one that gets away. And the one that gets away is one of the girls. I don't know which girl it is. I just know it's a girl. Am I going to look it up, Wikipedia? No. Because I don't care about these people. And, like, so I was like, how would I change this? Like... And I thought something that would something that would be like kind of impactful and heartbreaking and kind of cold blooded is if Crosshair developed somewhat of a relationship with them, like got to know their names, got to know them like like these people, got to at least know where they're from, just like something more. So when he kills them in the finale, it's cold because he's choosing his his clone brothers over them. That would be chilling to see him get to know these people and then murder them like that would be cold and but it would actually be so interesting because we know nothing about them nothing and so like why should i care about crosshairs little people if the show doesn't give a fuck about them like, why should I care? Because the show never knew. Yeah, I don't know. I, I got the feeling we weren't even supposed to care. They were, yeah. Yeah. They were just disposable. And the thing is, is, like, they could have done some really cool stuff with them. Like, like the guy that Crosshair kills in Replacements. Not Replacements. Whatever episode you liked. Um, the, With the war crimes. Like, that was interesting. Because he comes in like an asshole. He's like, I'm going to beat the clone. I'm going to be the the leader here. But when he actually got to Saul Greer's camp, he he grew a fucking spine. And he was like, this is wrong. These are civilians. We need to get them to safety. We need to do the right thing. And Crosshair kills him. It's a fascinating scene. Well, they could have set it up like they were all going to become characters and then have him kill him. And that would have been interesting, too, you know, or at least it would have been surprising, you know? Yeah. And that's what I was saying. Like, even if just the simple things of when when they're not doing stuff, taking off their helmets just so we can look at their fucking faces. But after their very first episode, we don't see their faces again. So when the two girls talk, I don't know which one is which. I don't. I don't. And then do I care about them? No, I don't. So, like, like I felt like they could have, like, if... If if they were supposed to be, as you said, like if we're not supposed to care about them, then then they succeeded because I don't. But then I still argue it's a TV show. Even background characters can be interesting, even if they only have a single line. There's they a reason. Pe- there's a reason people have glup shadows. Glup shadows. Are, are like you're like little guy in the background that's fascinating that you love like like a club shit is like max rebo did he do anything no he played a piano and people fucking love him it's max rebo you know are these guys max rebos no not even close there's nothing interesting about them they're nothing burgers and i i don't care i don't care about them they they were just neglected and then they all died and i don't fucking care the only thing that I would say that was different is that the one girl that got away, I don't even know her name. I don't care. She's a number. I don't know which one. Um, the girl that got away, if they carry her into season two and you have a moment where like Crosshair's like, you left me to fucking die, then that would be interesting. But then why didn't you do more groundwork? 
with her in season one. If this is going to be an ongoing thing between her and him, why didn't you do more groundwork? Because, like, if she goes away and they, they never see each other again, it's just going to be disappointing. So that, to me, like, outside of the obvious that I've talked about a bajillion times, I think is the most neglected episode, element of season one, is Crosshair's little people, because they're just nothing. Crosshair's little people. And they're just nothing. They're, his little elite squad is nothing. So. All right, Chris, are you ready for your first question? Yeah. While Star Wars animation has never looked better than it does in Bad Batch. Bad Batch is a beautiful show. It's so pretty. It's so great. The physics, as you said, was great. Do you think the Clone Wars style is overused? No, I think it's fine. I mean, it makes sense to me since that's where the Bad Batch started. That you would just like aesthetically keep them sort of in the same. And they're in the, you know, they're, they're, it's an, it, it, it. They feel like a direct spinoff of Clone Wars. It's it's a group of clones, you know. So, I think it 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 makes sense. I'm and you know, um, I'm sure there will be stuff in the future that will have a different visual style. But I think it's it's suited it's suited towards this. I don't I don't, you know. I I I think they would be, you know, do it maybe doing too much if they and they probably after resistance they're a little averse to uh risk averse you know but it's it's fine with me i i i i'm fine with its visual style i really like it i like it too my concern is as you said after resistance because we know that tales of the jedi coming this fall is also in the clone war style so we have two shows coming two animated shows in the fall in in clone war style which i agree i agree that bad batch should be in clone wars i i totally agree with you on that but th- so far out of like the three animated shows that we have confirmation about their styles for only one of them is different and that's visions season two and so my fear is we're going to be like stuck in this like because they're so scared of taking risks and like backlash to rebels and resistance was so strong that we're only going to have Clone Wars style going forward. But it yeah, does make well, sense. I don't know, it does make Visions sense for well. this episode. Visions did well, so you know. But I'm talking shows. canon. I'm I'm talking canon shows though. Like if like if they announce like I don't know a High Republic show. Which I, I know there's like a a, a kid a kitty but if they're like a full fledged high republic animated shows if it's Clone Wars style I'm gonna be mad you know and and that's my fear is Tales of the Jedi makes sense they're both prequel shows and Bad Batch makes sense because it's a Clone Wars sequel but I know I don't I don't want to see Clone Wars style for every animated project and Visions is not canon it's like this whole special It's not thing. canon but people a lot of people still watched it and it was popular enough for them to go like okay let's move on let's keep going with this so yeah. it, it might have said that that might have told them that it wasn't the visual style that that was what turned people off about or you know or or wasn't you know responsible for resistance doing as well as they wanted it to so mm-hmm. you never know yeah all right ask me my next one all right number two who's your favorite alien so as easy as it would be to say twi'leks because they're my favorite alien species in star wars as easy as that would say i have to give it to sid because 
Sid is an excellent character. I love that she's Trandoshan. Um, she has a fantastic design. Real Pearlman is wonderful. She has yeah. a really nice mini arc. I like her relationship with Omega. And she ends up being one of the most important characters of the season. Like, she's essentially like, this is your new home base. And I I love Sid. I think she's a really great addition. She's she's wisecracking and hard, but she's actually teaching them all very valuable lessons of how to survive in the real world. And I hope, I, I know she's in the season two trailer, but I hope she really gets to stick around and she's an ongoing character because Sid was just one of the highlights and she still has my favorite joke of the season. My favorite joke of the season is still Sid looking into a cage as a lizard person going, that's a weird looking lizard. Still my favorite joke of the season. Like It's, it's fucking hilarious. It's so funny because she's, yeah, like that. that is still, and she says it in such a deadpan voice of like, that's a weird looking lizard. Yeah. <laughs> Rhea Perlman style. Yeah, man. So I, I have to give it up to Sid. I, I just I love that character. I love that she's turned ocean. Um, because yeah, I just I, I find her really interesting and I love her relationship with Omega and how she kind of like becomes fond of all of them. I I I, I it's, she's the reason why I argue that Infested is better than replacements because she has a really good arc in that and just the little things of her like when the pikes have them at gunpoint she puts her arm in front of omega to like to try and like protect her and there's just little things like that that made sid really interesting so she's my favorite alien of the season by far all right chris let me figure there we are uh your next question is this show is very heavy with world building about transitioning from the Republic to fascism. Do you think they could or should go further? Or do you think it's the right amount for the show that's being told? I would I I would I would want more on the Empire. I would I if it was my show, I would split it even up to like 50-50 to to see the internal machinations of the empire in parallel with, you know, the empire forming and the, the rebel Alliance forming at the same time. I like, I like that. I, you know, you, I, I, I was always calling for more of that during resistance too. I would have, once Tam went to the empire, I would have loved every show to be half what Tam was seeing and half what, you know, they were seeing on the, on the base. So, Yeah. I, I can always I I I I like watching the the Empire stuff, you know. I got a real real feel for how the at this point from just canon how the the rebellion formed and where it goes and everything, but not as much so with how the Empire got where it is. So yeah, I would have yeah. I would I would definitely have more. Yeah, I think that's I would agree. Um, all, right. all right, hit me. Take a sip of right. drink while you do. Best and worst character arcs of the season. All right, here we go. Arcs. So I take best as the most interesting. And the most interesting character to me is Crosshair. I think he's a fascinating character. Every time he's on screen, it's fascinating to watch. And while I don't think he has the most character development of the season, He's the best character because he's this you because he doesn't talk. So there's so much of like looking at every movement, every facial expression, and then his actions. 
And there's still that golden million credit question of when did he get his chip out? And that is a very going to be a very important piece of information. But he is such a compelling villain because he knows the Bad Batch. He knows their every move. So he will always be a deadly villain to them. But then we get really interesting moments in the finale where he's trying to send Omega away. And it's actually for her best interest because he's like, look, she's not safe running around with a bunch of mercenaries. I'm trying to help her, which is interesting. And then he has these moments of just like he wants to give the Bad Batch a choice and then just immediately like spouts fascist like eugenics bullshits about how they're better than the regs. Like he is yeah. just it's just a really... crappy it's a crappy Darth Vader pitch, but he's not good like Darth Vader was. And and yeah, so like every time Crosshair is on screen, he's really interesting. And you don't know what exactly he's going to do. Because that's kind of how I when the first time I watched season one I was always interested in what Crosshair is going to do because he just screams redemption arc, but then he does all these horrible things. So it's kind of like watching, this is not the best example, but it's the first one that came to my head. It's almost like watching Joffrey in Game of Thrones, where it's like, you know, he's going to do something horrible, but you can't look away. And... I, I don't know. Like that's how I kind of feel. Like every time Crosshair's on screen, I can't look away because I don't know if he's gonna do something bad or something good. And he's riveting to watch. So to me, he's the that has the he's the most interesting character arc to me. The worst character arc is Echo. <laughs> he might not be the least developed character, which is Tech, because Tech is the least developed character. But story wise, Echo. Yeah, no, takes, he needs it. Takes the cake. And they just keep missing the mark over and over and over again with Echo. He is the only reg standing in the face of Crosshair bad-mouthing the regs. He got he has all these cybernetics and he's got he's getting over this very traumatic experience of being a prisoner of war with his brain hooked up to like computers. Does he still remember the separatist plans? Like, does he remember these things? Like there's so much emotional weight to explore with Echo. And he's the only one that's really pushing to go help Rex and go do what's right and to stop being mercenaries and go fight the empire and actually be soldiers. And he constantly gets shut down. And like, I don't mind him being shut down by Hunter, but they're not exploring it because I like it almost needs a story of like where Echo gets shut down by Hunter one too many times and he threatens to leave. That would be interesting if he's like, look, I, I'm tired of coming to you. And if you're not going to take my 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 stuff, I'll go to Rex myself. And then that would force Hunter and the rest of the Bad Batch members going, oh, my God, we can't lose another member. There'd only be like three of us, <laughs> you know, like that would be fascinating. But like he just takes it. And it's it's maddening because Echo has a ton of history going back to season one of Clone Wars. He has this history. And that's actually why I really like him in episode one. In episode one, he's the only one who knows who Tarkin is because he worked with Tarkin. He has that knowledge. And I feel like these writers are just not using Echo to his full potential. And so he had... 
I would argue, more development than tech. But for character arcs, they are fucking, fucking up Echo's character arc. Because there is so much meaty steak dinner to work with there. And they're just picking up the steak dinner and throwing throwing it out in the yard for the deer to eat. I don't know if deer eat steak. Throwing it outside for the possum to eat. That's what they're doing with Echo. He's this juicy steak of storytelling, and they're giving him to the trash can outside and not letting us have it. And it's 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 such a waste. Echo is such a waste in season one, and it's really maddening to me. Okay. Anyway, next question. <laughs> I mean, do you disagree or your thoughts? Um, no, I agree. No, he uh, like he has a lot. Of, there's a lot of questions attached to him, <laughs> you know. I mean, I, I that that was sort of the crux of one of my last an- answers up top. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was like, we'll get to Echo. <laughs> um, I kind of cheated for the next two questions, three questions, and they have like multiple questions in them, so. I cheated. It's fine. I have to do a Rexvolution. It's my show, and I write the outline. I can do whatever the fuck I want. <laughs> I'm not complaining. So, Chris's next question is, Crosshair is sort of at a crossroads at the end of the season. I didn't I actually didn't mean to do that. Um, you, Chris, constantly said during the finale that he's full of shit. So, what would you like to see them do with the character? But what do you think they'll actually do with the character? Um, or, or are those the same thing? Are those the, the same thing? I think it's about the same thing. I think we're seeing like, and it's it's part, partially a crosshairs growth thing, but it's also going to do with the clone, and it's going to like go back to the first episode with Yoda and the clones. And I maybe I'll put it. It might be a little too simple, but like crosshairs had an excuse for being an asshole. Or not an excuse, but there was an explanation that okay, he still got his chip, but with that out of it, he's left with I'm I'm just an asshole, and that's where everybody is sort of right now. Crosshairs and everybody else is just like he was just made to be an asshole. But I think the next arc for him is going to be about him figuring out like he doesn't have to, you know, it's just gonna it's like a stripping off of layers of of control where he's like okay you know i didn't the, i didn't need the chip to be to 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 do this and then it's like i don't have to be this way i don't have to be an asshole i could i could learn to be a decent human being and i think that's where it's gonna go with him you know where he realize, you know i think right now he thinks i'm just an asshole it's easy to be an asshole because it's his default setting but he's gonna, you know, it's just gonna be him, you know, it, it, it just generally talking about the clones and their free will and individuality, you know, and again, you know. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I, I like the idea of it's the easy path versus the actual difficult path of having to face yourself. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I think that would be really interesting. Um, yeah, no notes. <laughs> Okay. All right. Next question then. What do you think season two needs to do to get the show firing on all cylinders for you, for your enjoyment, for Hope's enjoyment? So, 
back to conversations. <laughs> no, but I actually thought about this. Like, how would I fix the lack of conversation problem? And I started thinking about it. And then I realized something that season one was sorely missing, which is character solo episodes. And what I mean is with Clone Wars, Rebels, and Resistance, they had at least one episode every season focusing on a specific character. So you would have one Zeb episode every season. You would have one Yeager episode every season. Rex got the Umbara arc um, and would have Rex-focused episodes every season, like The Deserter, where he met Cut Laquane. Um, And outside of Omega and a little bit of Hunter, there aren't character-focused episodes where it would be the Tech episode or the Echo episode. And you sort of had a Wrecker episode, but his chip went off, so it wasn't really Wrecker. And or it was more like... Say what? Uh, you mean a Wreck-isode. A Wreck-isode, yeah. And so, like, but it, also, it wasn't really about Wrecker. It was them, oh my god, Wrecker hulked out, we gotta get out of here. Yeah, like, it, it was, wasn't about Wrecker, It was you know? about the reaction to Wrecker, yeah. Yeah, and so for the majority of the season, the Bad Batch were kind of treated as this, like, blobbish group of characters. But none of them really had a solo episode. And now I'm going to come back to Infested again because it it was the Sid episode. That was where she got to shine. She had character development. We got to see what she was made of. She got her hands dirty to help them out. She volunteered to go get the spice because it was her problem. And yeah, and I think that was good for Sid for long-term stories because I think she's going to be a major character going forward. And so like it's it would address a lot of questions like who are they on their own? Like, for example, if everybody is captured except for Tech, how would Tech save them all by himself? Like, that would be a really interesting episode. And, like, that's that was kind of what was missing for me. Because if they each had one episode per season, then the rest of the season could be the group stuff they're already having. But then you could build on those character-focused entries to, do, to really make up for the lack of character work. And I and and so like yeah, I would love for like Tech to have like his solo Zeb episode where everybody else is gone and like someone's invading the base and he has to do it all on his own. Like you know, and like who are they as individuals? So I I would really love to see a return of solo episode where Echo gets his own episode where it's just about Echo, or Wrecker gets an episode where it's just about Wrecker. I don't really need Omega and Hunter at this time for season two because Omega and Hunter was a big focus of season one. But it, say if the show goes to a third season, then yeah, have a have a because Omega's solo episode was Bounty Lost. That was her episode of her on her own to do stuff on her own. And Hunter could have an episode and I and I actually I would actually kind of argue that war that the finale part one is almost a Hunter episode because it's about him and Crosshair. And they each got that own episode. But, like, the other three didn't get that. And I think that would really fix it for me if we had those solo episode, one for each character, where they got to do their own thing and got their time for to shine. And then the rest of the season could be the group stuff that they've been doing. That would fix it for me. Okay. We shall know. see soon enough. Yeah, yeah. All right, you ready for your next one? Yes. So, there are not a lot of Force elements in the series after Episode 1 because the Jedi are gone. 
do you think that, do you think that makes the show not Star Wars enough? And also, we know that Gunji from the kid arc in Clone Wars is coming back in season two. So, do you think if do you think the show needs more Jedi? No, less is better for me at this point. Um, I like. All right, with Kenobi, loved the loved the two lightsaber battles between Darth Vader and Obi Wan Kenobi. They were amazing to watch normally i just fit lightsaber battles don't really do anything for me ever since the prequels i've just seen too many of them i don't need them i think that i i think the less with the with the with the jedi at this point with them being wiped out i'd rather them be a very rare occurrence and start getting some mystique to them and also make them feel more extinct you know Instead of like they all, oh, they almost wiped the Jedi out. It, we're, we're, you know, and then all of a sudden we're running into Jedi left and right. I don't, I just so that we can have some jet, some force use and lightsabers and stuff like that. I don't need that stuff, you know. I'd rather, I'd rather have them use it sparingly now. So when Jedi do show up, it maybe feels a little more. It's got a little more magic to it. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I I agree. Like, I, I, I like seeing Gunji because that was always kind of a fan question from Clone Wars, which is like, what happened to the kids? And like, the answer was like, they probably died. <laughs> so I like seeing Gunji because um, I think that's a really good pickup from Clone Wars. And... If for some reason someone didn't watch Clone Wars, but they were watching Bad Batch, he wasn't a major character. So they could really just present him as this kid Jedi survived and then run with it. Like, you know, like, so I'm okay with Gunji, um, but I agree. Like, I don't want to see, like, a Jedi every season. Like, it made sense for Kanan Kanan and Depa because it was Order 66 and we saw it from the Clone Wars. Yeah, and it was just sort of a little thing happening. Yeah, but like, yeah. Yeah. But I, I totally agree with you. Like, we don't need, like, a swath of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And now your traditional last question of of the evening. Is there anything you could have done or anyone that you could have done without in this season? Um, This was actually a really hard question for me this time around because I I like everything in the season. I yeah. do. Like, it, yeah. it felt like it, it was a solid season. It was a nice baseline. My issue was it was fine from beginning to end. It's fine. So to me, like, it could have been better. Like, there was things they could have improved on and done better and executed better. But, like, I don't want to take away anything from it because everything was fine. And so... I guess, like, I had a, I sat on this question for, like, half an hour, just, like, eating my sandwich, trying to figure it out. And I guess if I could, like, pick a specific thing, I wish they would have made Hunter's character arc more, more, um, direct. Because it's almost too nuanced and almost too subtle. And, like... We're watching on our second watch, going through the episodes with a fine-tooth comb. And so I would have taken away 
his waffling because casual fans are are not doing what we're doing. They are not deep diving into the characters and analyzing their every movements and their facial expressions. They're just not doing that. So I would take away Hunter's waffling and actually make him do like more productive things because it's different. Like failure is interesting. So if Hunter tried something and failed, at least he's active. And so, like, but him just spending, like, eight episodes going, no, Echo, we're just going to be mercenaries for eight episodes. <laughs> like, that, yeah. like, him failing is far more interesting than whatever the fuck he did this season, which is not a lot. So, like, I would take away, if I had to pick a specific thing, I would take away Hunter's waffling and give him something active to do than just kind of tread water. For eight episodes but but honestly that's even then just me really scratching for something like i i i think the season's fine as a whole it's fine um it just could have been better so i i, I don't really want to take away anything from the season because there's to me there's nothing really to take away i, I think it's fine more cut laquane please <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> more cut laquane and sue that's what I'd do. Um, all right, you ready for your final question? Yes. All right. Do you want to see more cameos? And by cameos, I mean like Rex, Shaman, Harris, and Dula, Chopper, Kanan. And if so, who would you like to see? And also, which cameos do you want them to stay completely away from? Um, I, I like... I, I'd like to stay away from people that we've we've already seen. I'm I'm that that we were familiar like really familiar with, like, like movie uh, characters, like movie characters or t- even t- even like um um what's his name, Stila. Oh, Saul Guerrero. Saul Guerrero, you know stuff like that. I would like to see Rex just incorporated in the storyline as a character, just just sucked in and made into a character like Rebels. I, I think that would make sense. And uh, and and if you're going to put like start like bringing in other characters, bring in some of the people, the characters from Andor who are going to be like a lot of new characters and stuff like that. I think it would be more interesting and it would make sense for those paths to be crossing, you know in oh that's interesting in, in different ways i and 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 then you can you know you can start linking up all your 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 shows that way but like yeah i'm i you know i i don't need 3po and r2 to show up or anything like that i'm i'm i i really don't i like i the the less of that stuff the better unless it's really big makes sense stuff like bringing Darth Vader into Rebels and stuff like that, where it was like, wow, this makes sense and it's amazing. But for the most part, I but like, you know, R2-D2 and C-3PO having a little adventure on and, you know, Princess Leia and show up were bad, but they, I, I'm not a big fan of that stuff. I, I like it, 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 you know, some, some of it just, some of it makes sense. Some, most of it, like, just breaks the laws of logic of in such a large galaxy that these people are just like crossing, you know, the rebellion, you're going to cross paths with a lot of people and stuff, but you know, 
it's a lot of times it's done just to to get somebody familiar in there and i'm 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 not down with that i'm not down with that sort of stuff hope i've i've three people people i'm I, not down with that jive ass bullshit i have three things um that i want to add counterpoints and ask you about the first one is when you mentioned the andor crew i love that idea because i was thinking like from kenobi see tala like when she's like really first getting into the Imperial Academy because like she was this really yeah. interesting character in Kenobi. She seems set up for stuff like that too. Like yeah. that whole that her whole little, you know, her whole little setup there, that seems like we'll probably get more, you know. Because she even says, I joined the Empire willingly. I was really excited to be part of the Empire until I got into it and saw how bad it is. <laughs> and so I feel like Tala would be a really interesting character. So I do agree with that point. A counterpoint that I have is I we we know that Rex is coming back. My fear if that he would be in the show full time is he would take over the leadership role and give Hunter nothing to do. That would no, be No, I don't fear. I don't think he'll become part of their crew. I think he might be a leader that would lead that that would give I, I think he would be a leader to all the Bad Batch, but m more like, you know, he would be like, all right, you guys got to go do this, you know, and then and then Hunter or Omega are going to be will be the like leader of the bad. They'll be a leader of the Bad Batch uh, the, and the Bad Batch will be working under the leadership of, you know, the Rebellion. Oh, OK, so he'd and, be and more like a person for them to actually listen to what, you know, be more prone to listen to than Rex, you know. Okay, so he'd be almost like Commander Sato in Rebels, where right, they right. worked for Sato and he was there, but he wasn't right. like on every adventure. Okay, I see what you're right. saying. And then the third question I have, because you're saying that, you know, no 3PO's or R2's or anything, then what do you think about Palpy in Season 2? Because we know he's always in the trailer. Palpy. Palpy looms over everything, so always Palpy. All the Palpy they want to put in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I, although I don't want, I don't want the day-to-day -day adventures of Palpatine. Although I would watch it and I would love it, but dramatically, <laughs> you just have to keep seasoning him in. But I want my Palpy every once in a while. I, you know, like I mean, just the just the Palpy that they seasoned into into Kenobi was perfect, you know, and it and it was pure McDermott, you know, Palpy, and it was just like <sighs> I was watching it, just like ah, yes, yes. <laughs> Tell him, Palpy. Tell him. Tell him he's not loyal enough. Yes. Better work harder, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Who's this Kenobi? Why are you talking? Actually, I take it back. The day-to-day adventures of Palpy is called Robot Chicken Star Wars Special. Yeah, right, right, right. That's the only like day-to-day adventures of like that. All right, you ready? I am. So, I, I, you know how when hope does the hope the the your evolution. Oh yeah, I have a little intro for this one. Yes, but before before you do, I'm just gonna say usually like I'll I'll, I'll like clean my room or I'll organize my bookshelf or I'll do do my laundry and fold it and stuff. This time I'm taking another challenge. The second you start, I'm gonna whip down to the corner store and get myself a cold drink and see if I can make it back in time. I'm definitely going to make it back in time. <laughs> but you can Are you serious? Yes. Yes. 
So, so the listeners can picture me like running down the street desperately with like, you know, and, and with a split screen with Hope reading her, her evolution and, uh, and, you know, like r- running into the store and there's a big line there and I start throwing people out of my way and going like, get out of my way. I need my Pepsi. And then just going, screw it and throwing $5 at the clerk and running out with a Pepsi and then running back home and then sitting down and then doing my laundry and folding it oh my god you're telling me now to do the shortest one be like stuff happened the end (laughs) if we're if we were both real pricks it would be you like reading it as fast as you possibly can (laughs) while i read but it's not too far to the corner store i think i can do it in good time and god i just need a cold drink and i don't have any cold drinks in the house so here's the thing when you get back i want you to say I'm back, and then I'll see where I am. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, but you can't start till. Hey, come back. I'm not gonna. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not gonna start till 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 your 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 beginning. Yep. All right. So, if you're new, this is your first time witnessing evolution. What this was, and I said this at the beginning, is I would recap Clone Wars episodes from the point of view of Rex. And then they became the Callus Evolution. And I recapped seasons of of Rebels from the point of view of Callus. And then I did uh, story time with Aunt Z for Resistance. And then I did the Grogu Evolution. And so I was racking my brain, as you guys know from the end of last week's episode, of trying to figure out what to do for this Evolution. And I just decided as I was writing my Echo Note that, you know... Echo is just fucking done with everyone's shit. So it's time for Echo is done with everyone's shit. You're and you know, guess? I never would have thought about it. I was, I was, I wanted you to, you did a, you do a pretty good real Perlman voice. So I was gunning for that, but this is actually perfect. I never would have thought of this, but it's, yeah, this is, this is the way it has to be. The thing is, I don't remember my real, my real Perlman, Perlman voice. So that was not going to happen. <laughs> I don't remember what I did. So. All right, ready, Chris? I'm ready. Go. Have fun, be safe. (laughs) Hey, guys. Echo, hi, it's here. I just, I gotta get some stuff off my chest. It has been such a fucking stressful life, I guess. You know, I thought the Clone Wars were bad, but at least we had, like, leadership, and I had fives and then i got blown up and i got blown up and it was a thing and then i was captured and i got freed by these crazy assholes called the bad batch right and you know what rex was there and rex trusted them and like i couldn't go back to my normal life so i thought i would just go along with these bad batch guys they seemed great they seemed fine it was gonna be great and then you know what shit happened the we were on a mission and it was a normal mission it was a tuesday afternoon in the snow and we're doing our thing, and then what happened? Fucking all the other normal soldiers started shooting Depp and Bialba and her 30-year-old white boy. And it's just like, first of all, why is he white? Kaden's a person of color. Why are you white? I don't understand. And they're just dead, and Kaden's gone. And we're all confused, and we look at Hunter, and Hunter's just like, I don't fucking know what's going on. So Hunter and Crosshair run off to go, like, find this kid. And they don't find him, and we're just like, I guess we'll go back to Camino now, because what else are we going to do? Just not do anything? So we go back to Camino, and we get there, and this kid comes up to us, this little girl, and she's like, hi, I'm Omega. And we're like, 
hey, why are you stalking us? And she's like, no reason. And she walks off like a creep. I don't know. Is our kids creepy? Like, I watched a movie once with Fives, and he's like, you're gonna really like this movie. And I didn't like the movie, because the little girl in the movie was creepy, and she was crawling out of a well, and then she crawled out of a hollow net scream, and then she would kill people. It was really scary. Anyway, so, we get back to our rooms, and Crosshair is acting kind of weird, right? But, like, Crosshair's kind of an asshole. He's always sort of an asshole. Oh my god, give me another one. And he's just like, I don't like your hunting style, Hunter. And Hunter's like, I don't give a fuck. And then, long story short, turns out we don't have a republic anymore. We're an empire now. Why are we an empire now? Why? And so it just doesn't make sense. And then Tarkin shows up. That bitch. That bitch Tarkin shows up. You know what? Fuck him. It's almost like he's, just, you know, fucking Tarkin. Like a farkin. He's a farkin, guys. And so it's just, we had to prove ourselves to fucking Tarkin. And that farkin guy was like, no, I don't like clones. And so we decided we don't even want to be part of that shit anymore. But he's like, hey, here's a mission. Prove your worth. And I know my worth, even if no one else here seems to know my worth. And... We have to go kill these people named Saw Guerrera and civilians. And we get there, and you know what happens? They're just normal people who are part of the Republic that I was made to serve and protect. And we can't kill them! And Saw Guerrera's like, you should join the Rebellion. And we're like, what's the Rebellion? And Crosshair's just acting like even more of an asshole, because he's like, you're supposed to kill them. And we're supposed to prove ourselves. And then we're like, yeah. We're supposed to prove ourselves, but there's five unaltered clones. And then Tech looks at me and goes, wait, Echo's a reg. Who is the other one? It has to be Omega. So we all go back for Omega. And I'm like, I hate it because immediately when I saw her, I was like, oh, we're going to be taking care of you, aren't you? Aren't we? Because how can we take care of our children? We're fucking 10 year olds with stunts and emotions. We shouldn't be taking care of a child. Why are we taking care of a child? We're not parents. We have no emotional control. We don't talk to each other for how many episodes are in the season? We don't talk to each other for 16 episodes. Why are we taking care of a child? But you know what? She's our kid now. We go back to get her and they throw us in jail. We go to jail because we didn't want to kill civilians. You know, who throws people in jail for not doing war crimes? It doesn't make sense. So we're in jail, right? And it's just... We're in jail. And we come up with this plan, and we shove Omega into a vent because it's a Jedi plan, and that's all we know how to do is Jedi plans. So we shove her into a vent, and this guy was... This other clone was just like, we gotta find her. And I was like, if you lay a tiny hand on her little precious head I will fucking rip your spine out and this guy looked at me and he saw fear it was a whole thing it was my sexiest moment of the season hope would want to bang me and hope always wants to bang me it's fine and so (laughs) oh my god I'm not even through the first episode because it's gonna bait me (laughs) oh no um 
And so Omega gets this out, and it's great. And you know what we do? We get back, but we can't find Crosshair. He is gone. And so we're getting our stuff, and we get dressed, and Wrecker gets his Lula, and we're all great, and we're going to get on the ship, and then Crosshair shows up. And he's all just like, what's up, bitches? I'm with the Empire now. And we're like, why are you with the Empire? They kind of suck. And Crosshair's like, I don't think they suck. And then we should have a shootout, and we all get out of there, and it's fine. So um, we're fugitives now. I didn't see this coming for my life. Why are we fugitives? I don't know. So we need to find help, right? And we decided to go to Cut Laquane. Because this person is someone that Rex knows. And it's Rex, guys. Rex is the best. Why did, why did I not stay with Rex? Why did I choose this life path? I know it's because of trauma. But I don't want to be on this path anymore. These people suck. So we go to Cut Laquane. And he's lovely and his wife is lovely and his kids are lovely i meet them for the first time and it was so precious because omega got to see kids for the very first time and she was playing it was nice and like yeah she almost got eaten by a big nexu cloth tooth cat but she was fine but it's really weird because like now they're doing these chain code things and we talk about chain codes for like 22 minutes i, I don't know it was a thing and so they're making chain codes now. And and so that's the only way we can get Cut and his family off. And Hunter gets it in his brain, an actual smart idea, to send Omega with them. But then, like, we've all bonded with her. And we don't want her to go. So Hunter is just being overprotective. And, like, she doesn't want to go. And, like, we should trust her because she's one of us. And we should honor her choices. Because you know what, Hunter? Children are people, too. Children are people, too, Hunter. Everybody knows this. Luckily, Omega's the smartest of all of us because she chooses to stay with us. And Cut Laquan and his family go off and they ha I hope they're having a lovely time and I hope we see them again in season two. Uh, but then we run into some trouble because we crash and we need a MacGuffin and our MacGuffin is broken and then it's stolen by a lizard. And we get it back from the lizard. That was an adventure. But I hear during that adventure... Crosshair did some war crimes. So, I guess I'll take the lizard over the war crimes. What's with that guy in war crimes? I don't fucking know. So we're finally, like, on our way, right? We're finally- but we need money, and that bitch, that bitch with his dumbass fucking bandana head, Hunter looks at me and goes, we need money? Hey, Echo, what if I sell you? Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Why you wanna sell me? I'm a human being! I'm a human being and they tell me to dress like up like a droid and it's embarrassing? What the f I just- By the force? By the force? I should've just got blown up for good. So Hunter, that bitch, sells me. And then he loses Omega! And do you know who- Finds Omega? A bounty hunter. A bounty hunter. Why are we trusting Bandana Head Guy? Why is Rex? Why don't we go with Rex? I don't understand. So we save Omega. And I get out of my my droid. I have to lead a team of droids and we escape and we fix the ship and it's fine. And it's great. And then I drank a lot that night. If there's anything that Crosshair was really good at, was having PG-rated Disney adult juice. 
in his barrack, I drank all of his Disney rated P- PG rated adult juice because I needed it after being sold into fucking slavery. So then we meet this lady named Sid. And Sid Sid's actually pretty cool. I, you know, I, I I dig Sid. She's she gets it. She uh she's showing us the ropes and she's showing us that we might not know everything about the world, which is fine. And she offers us a job. But she offers us a job to be mercenaries, which is kinda icky. We could have gone to Rex for jobs, but where you decided to take jobs from Sid, and by we, I mean Hunter, because he's our leader, and we have to listen to Hunter, because he thinks he's in charge, and you know what we have to do? Save a Rancor! We saved a Rancor! And it almost killed us, and we had to fight Zygarians, and you know what? Like, two episodes in a row, I face being enslaved. Two episodes in a row! And it sucks! Ah, but we saved the baby Rancor, and then we just start doing jobs for Sid. Like, at one point, we had to go find, like, this battle droid, and, like, we had to work with battle droids, which are icky, because battle droids captured me during the Clone Wars and made me a prisoner of war and took my body and put my mind in a computer because of droids. So I loved working with droids, he said sarcastically. I loved working with the droids. And at least we met these really nice people close to Omega's at age. You know, it was nice that she got to meet some new people. Their names were Trace and Rafa, and they're awesome. They would have been great if they were in fabulous coats. I, they look like fabulous coat people. I feel like they would wear those. But, you know, turns out this Trace and Rafa people knew Rex. And it was wonderful. Rex came and he found us. And it was great and familiar. And my friend, my friend came back. The king has returned. And he is just like, hey guys, you have some inhibitor chips in your brains. And we're all like, what? Because, and like, that's, you know, and then we start with like, we look at Rex, we're like, what do you mean we have inhibitor chips in our brain? Like, I I know Rex's been acting like a little weird lately because he's been having these headaches but like what do you mean there's inhibitor chips in our, his brains and we're not going to take them out and then Rex about shot us like he put his hand on his gun he was serious he was going to shoot us like he was not okay and I've never seen Rex like that like it was it was scary it was scary scary Rex but he takes us to this junkyard planet that is important in a video game and we start getting our chips out Starting with Wrecker, but we're too late because, oh my god, oh my god, Wrecker attacked us. And, like, do you know how strong Wrecker is? He's stronger than, like, all of us combined. And then some. He could probably lift a tank and beat us with it. No problem. And so, uh, we had to fight Wrecker. And that was, oh, poor me, another one. Thanks, babe. You're the best, Sid. You really are. So we fought Wrecker. And that was a thing. And so, he is okay. We're all okay. I should I should tell you that. We're all okay. We all get our chips out. Ding, and we're I'm okay. Fuck! The I'm end! Back. The end! You made it. Did were you, you really? right at the end? No, I'm ha- I'm, I'm, about, I'm I'm at episode 7. Not halfway. Episode That's what I figured. I even stopped and pet a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and my defense, the first episode is three episodes. 
<laughs> oh my god, how's your Pepsi? I didn't get a Pepsi, I got a uh, Arizona iced tea, iced tea fruit punch cents? cowboy. Huh? Are they also 99 cents? Yes, they are. But some of them are $1.25 now. Ah. Uh. But it's icy cold. So we were on, they just got their chips out. We're there. <laughs> anyway. All right, well, uh, carry on. So after we get all of our chips out, God, I can't believe you. That was fast. Oh, I even have this moment where I was just like, I, I'm going to beat Chris. Oh, anyway. So uh, after we get our chips out, Rex gives us this golden chance this opportunity and he's like you guys should come fight with me and that bitch hunter hunter is like no we're gonna be mercenaries doesn't that sound fun and he makes this decision without talking to any of us so rex leaves i don't even get to say goodbye he just vanished into the fog like a loch ness monster and he's gone and I didn't even get to say goodbye, and he left me with these crazy people, and then worst of all, Hunter is just standing out on the wing, staring at the sky, and gets spotted by the junkyard people, and they call the Empire, which means Crosshair is after us. And it's just like, I know Crosshair's an asshole, and I know I'm new to the team, but this guy's a dick! Like, I know he's, like, their friend and they've been together. But, you know, I've known him for, like, two months. He's a dick. And he starts hunting us. And Bitch gets his bl face blown off. Because he tries to burn us in this, like, little, like, um, the tubey part that the fire comes out of the ship. Hope is blanking on the name. <laughs> and we get out of there. But he gets his face blown off. It's kind of fun. He deserves it. That's what you get for war crimes, bitch. But we all get separated, so we're going to go back to the ship. And when we get back to the ship, Hunter's dead! Okay, he's not dead, but he's on the ground, and we run over, and Omega's nowhere to be found. And we have no idea where Omega is, and the Empire's coming in, and we pick up Hunter's almost dead body, shove him on the Marauder, and we get the fuck out of there. And you know what he tells us? There was a bounty hunter. A bounty hunter has apparently captured Omega. So now we've dealt with two bounty hunters. And the other bounty hunter, Finnick, from, from, from the other time, is now after Omega too. So we have two bounty hunters and their very lovely droid Toto um, captured Omega. We have no way to find her because we don't have the special MacGuffin to track her. But thankfully, oh my god, thankfully, Omega is so much smarter than all of us combined. She's so smart. She's like all of us in a person. It is great. She figures out how to call us, and we go and we rescue Omega. And that poor girl was so sad. And but we got her back. And so then we took her and we all got ice cream. It was wonderful. It was like we had team ice cream, and she was feeling a lot better. And so then we did some more jobs for Sid. Like we had to go visit Raxus, which is a separatist planet. So we had to go save the people that we had been fighting our entire lives. The people we were created to fight in the Clone Wars. And we had to go save them. What the hell? But you know what? I guess it was a learning experience. 
because we were all fine at the end and we all learned a lesson, I guess, but how do you know? We didn't talk about it. I guess we learned a lesson and we're cool with the Separatists now. Apparently. And so we get, then get a familiar mission and it was like, we go to Ryloth because, no, I'm sorry, Hope is misremembering Devil's Deal. Um, so we were just having a normal Tuesday and we're rescuing a lizard and we get another job from Sid and she's like, hey, I want you to go on this weapons deal. And we're like, weapons deal? Isn't that illegal? And she goes, Don't, do you want your money? And we're like, good point, Sid. Good point. So we go to the moon of Ryloth and there's this Twilight named Gobi and there's a little girl with him and her name is Hera and her little chopper droid. Her little droid chopper. <laughs> I got that backwards. And you know what? I'm fine with her because Omega needs more kids in her life. Omega and her just bonded. We took so many pictures. Like, our, our cell phones are full of pictures of Hera and Omega having a really fun time together, and they were really, really super cute. But we were like, hey, Gobi, why do you need all these weapons? And Gobi's like, oh, you know, we're the, we are the winners of the Clone Wars. We won the Clone Wars, and the Empire's taking away all of our rights. And we look over at Hunter, and Hunter's like, huh, that's not right. And Gobi's like, I know, Sham Syndulla is really hot and his super sexy wife and their super sexy clone Hauser are trying to figure out how best to take care of all of this. But Senator Ta is being an asshole. And yeah, it's kind of crazy down there. So we're going to just take these weapons and go. And we're like, wow, that sounds crazy on Ryloth. Good luck. And we send them on their way. Five minutes later, we're like on the ship with a lizard. And wait, I don't, I don't actually don't remember what episode they saved the lizard. I just remember there's a lizard. Um, uh, five minutes later, we are getting ready to leave. We are in hyperspace. We're having a good time. Another job has been saved. We're getting ready to go back to Sid. And we get a call from Hera. And Hera's like, hey, I know you guys just left. Can you turn around? Because my parents were captured and I'm all by myself. And Omega's like, let's go. That's my best friend forever. And we're like, Omega, you've known her for half an hour. And Omega's like, that is plenty of time to make lifelong relationships. We have to go save my best friend. So we turn around and go all the way back to Ryloth. And we get there and Hera's like, hey, save my parents. And we're like, I guess, I guess we'll save your parents. We don't know you. And she's like, I'm Omega's best friend. You're my, you're my parents. You're my parents. <laughs> you have to help me because we're best friend to save my parents. You're not my parents, but you could be. It's fine. But we get to Ryla and you know what? Fucking Crosshair is there. He's like everywhere. He's like, he's like a, he's like a bad fart. A bad fart. And this bad fart just lingers all over the galaxy. He's fart man. Everywhere. And yeah. So we get the Sindulas out, right? And we destroy their shipyard, right? Or the refinery. So stuff blows up. And Omega flies. And I cannot believe, cannot believe that Teclic let Omega fly a ship. It'll be fine. She'll get better at it, but oh my god, Tech, what are you thinking? He said it was the most logical choice, and I'm just like, <laughs> so uh, we rescued the Sindulas, and Hauser, my 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 lovely fellow Reg, who really is sexy, like my god, um, he decides to sacrifice himself to save us, and Hunter just stares at him like, huh, the Regs are okay. 
Yes, the regs are okay. I'm a reg hunter. I'm okay. We're fine. You work with a reg every day. This isn't like a new occurrence for you. Every single day you work with me. You live with me. I wash your fucking socks. Because none of you do laundry. How do none of you do laundry? Ah! So we save the Cinderella's, and it's great. But Hauser is counter. It's fine. And then some shit happens. Like, we have to go into, like, bug tunnel to get back at this guy named Rowand. Because Sid, you know, you know, we, we do it for Sid. Sid. Sid got a bad deal with this guy named Rowland and the Pikes. And Sid has done a lot for us. And as much as I really hate being a mercenary, she's, like, the coolest character of the show. So we're fine with this. But we go into some bugs, and we're fine. Long story short, we get another call to save this guy named Gregor. And he's friends with Rex. And you know what? Any friend of Rex is a friend of mine because Rex is has fucking sanity. And so we go save Gregor, and Gregor's like, hooray! But you know what? We don't get out of the place in time. And we go to not Mount Tantus. That is for you, Charles. I got your feedback, and I, I saw that it's not Mount Tantus. Thank you for that. I will be reading that soon in our feedback. We go to not Mount Tantus, and you know what? Hunter gets captured! Hunter gets captured! Captured! Huh. So we have to leave so we don't die. So we can go get Hunter. And guess who he goes to? Fart man himself! Goes to... Crosshair. I almost forgot his name for half a second there, which is why I dramatically paused, because I forgot Crosshair's name for like two seconds. <laughs> and we find out that they're going back to Camino. And our baby girl is super sad because she doesn't want to go back to Camino, understandably, because those people want to cut up our baby girl and put her inside a tube. And we don't want that. But Omega, oh god, can she just be the leader? She knows how to get in there to get past the sensors and for us to go rescue Hunter. So we get to Camino and it sucks. It's raining. And we get into the tubes and we find AZ. And AZ is just like Huh, Echo, you remind me of someone. And I'm like, oh, who do I remind you of, AZ? And AZ's like, I don't know. I just I just could count on my five fingers who you remind me of. And my five other fingers, or my five toes, or my five other toes. I don't know, you just remind me of something. Anyway, let's move on. So AZ's part of our team now. Awesome. I don't have to be the droid anymore. We finally have a droid, so I can have a day off. Great, I'm down for this development. And we rescue, we get to Hunter, and he's captured by Crosshair. And Crosshair's just being an asshole. And he's all just like, hey, Reg, I'm better than you. And I'm just like, hey, Crosshair, you suck. And he's like, yeah, all the regs suck. Just like you, Echo, you suck. He was, it was a personal attack. It was a personal attack. Like, he was coming after me, and I felt so, I just, I was just done. And Crosshair just thought that, he could be the better hunter. Not that I disagree. Actually, I do disagree. You know, at least I, I will give Hunter this. He's not a fascist and he doesn't believe in eugenics and he at least treats me somewhat equally. So, you know what? I'll give him that. Like, Hunter's better than that. And But Crosshair, you know what? He has a nice plan because he kills his men. And we we're just like, oh, they're dead. All right. What's going on, Crosshair? And he's like, you should join the Empire. And we're like, no. And Crosshair's like, why? And we're like, because you suck. And he's like, but the Empire doesn't suck. And we're like, yes, it does. And then Hunter goes off on this fucking eloquent speech about how, like, 
Hello, I'm Hunter, and I've gone on a character journey, and I've changed so much, and I've seen the atrocities of the Empire. They are ruling the galaxy with an iron fist, taking away people's rights, taking, enforcing chain codes so they can't even tra travel, by keeping basic rights away from them, such as healthcare and traveling, and they're trying to take all of us. Crosshair, this is a folly, because if you keep going on this path, we will lose. We will lose the entire galaxy. This is not freedom. This is not what we were born to do. We were born to save the Republic. We were born to protect people, and you are doing nothing but securing and helping out a fascist regime, and so therefore, you are wrong. We all just stare at Hunter like, where the fuck did that come from? And Hunter's like, I got a character journey, I guess. Yay. Uh so then the building starts shaking and we go outside and that asshole rampart who I haven't mentioned a single time but he's a fucking asshole he starts shooting on the city and Camino's dying and the buildings are falling and we have nothing left to do and you know what happens we get trapped in a building at the bottom of the fucking goddamn ocean we are fish food and there are turtles there are turtles there are Turtles, they're not even an inconvenience because the turtle does nothing and it's a waste of three minutes of our episode. And so we have no choice but to bring Crosshair with us because I guess we love him. I guess. And we get out of the ocean to get to Nalase's secret tunnel and we find out that Omega's our older sister. And you know what? That tracks. That tracks. She's like more mature and smarter than all of us. So, you know, I get that. She's also trans. Anyway, pass it on. <laughs> so, long story short, we get in some tubes. And then AZ shoots us to the surface. And we get out of Camino. And everything's dead. And our home is burning. And we get back. And we don't trust Crosshair. But we're going to give him another chance. Because I guess we love him to come with us. I don't fucking know anymore. He hates me. But, you know, I get it. He's Tech and Wrecker and Hunter's brother. I get it. They were raised with him. Frankly, he treats me like trash, and he's kind of a jerk, and I don't really care about him. He can- we just- so we left him at- on a platform in the middle of the ocean, and I'm 100% okay with that. And if I never have to see his stupid face again in season two, great. Hit me up. Can I have a shot? Let's go. The end! <laughs> Jeez, I could have pet my cat friend outside a little longer. I, oh my gosh, I can't, I was like. He was so sad, I gave him a little pet, and then he started following me down the sidewalk. I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy, I'm on a deadline. Oh my gosh, I can't, uh, I can't believe you ran all the way to the store and back. There was, there was, there were two people ahead of me in line, too, and one of them was a crazy lady, but I waited like a nice guy, I didn't throw anything or scream about my Pepsi. So it has to be within like a block or two or, or two of your Yeah, house. yeah. So it's at the end of my block. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't hop on the bus and <laughs> You might have had time to hop maybe on the next bus. Maybe next time. Maybe next time I'll I'll set a a, a bigger challenge. Uh no, yeah. Uh. In my defense, episode one is three episodes in one. So it's like yeah. It's like a 19-episode season in theory. Yeah. yeah. In my defense, I tried. Uh, I hope you enjoy when you listen to it. <laughs> I will, yeah. I'll, I'll get it all in the editing. The, well, I'll, get the, I'll pick up the first half in editing. Yep. 
Ugh, Echo is done with everybody. It's fine. Anyway, and I don't have to. It's the good thing is I don't have to pick out any special music this time. I can use all. There's like just such a wealth of bad batch music that I can use to just plop in its appropriate place. <laughs> all right, Chris, you ready for the final question? I am. Um, how would you rate the season as a whole? I gave it an eight. It's fine. It um, it I I think it 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 suffers a little bit from being be playing it safe. There weren't any like huge surprises or you know brain breakers like Grogu you know or you know, anything like that in it. That you know I mean like the big moments were like Cad ba Cad Bane shows up, which is really cool. But it's not like a, this changes everything or I was not expecting that at all, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I, I it's it, it was fine. It's a good it, it set up a good foundation, but it's going to have to branch out a little bit and expand in order to maintain this as a as a interesting story, you know, which I'm sure they're going is going to happen. But yeah. Safe, very safe. Yeah, you know, I I forgot to fill in this question, and I I think that's a, a reasonable answer. I feel pretty much the same way. I would also give it an eight. It is solid, and the highs are really high. But yeah. like when most of your season is just kind of average, and as you said, safe, which I absolutely agree with. Um, it just makes for a fine show. I think mm -hmm. the highs are really good. But they're so few and far in between, and the rest of the show is fine. Like it's, it's fine. It's good. It's it's yeah, familiar. It's kind of familiar and 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 safe. Yeah, like I don't have. Let's say I don't have any problems with Bad Batch, which is not true. But like, there's nothing egregious in Bad Batch that right, makes me go. Right. This is horrible. Um, this isn't like there's no bomb bad Jedi's. There's no um. Watch there's it. no, there's no like the triple zero or the triple dark, whatever that up the second episode of Resistance is that I actually really don't like. Um, it's there's no bad episodes, so it has a baseline of seven, and the really high points bump it up to an eight, maybe an eight point two five. I'm just if I was feeling very generous, but no, I, I totally agree with that. I I think you're spot mm -hmm. on. So, all right, we did it another another show wrapped up and we're doing well another season wrapped up we'll we'll see what happened how far the show goes before we're finally wrapping up this show but you yeah. know I, I will say i'm actually really excited for bad batch season two like as much yeah, as i'm too. critical as much as i'm critical of the show um and i i want to see it do better and improve and stuff like that like i'm i'm actually like really excited for bad batch season two and i can't wait to see what they do in the fall so all right, Chris. Well, if you have nothing else for Bad Batch season two, season one, where can people find you? You can find me at twotruefreaks.com. That is our website. And it is our fully functioning website <laughs> full of podcasts, tons and tons of podcasts by tons and tons of different people. Go ahead and give it a little check out, give it a little, little shop around. Um, you can also go to, if you're on Facebook, you can go to the Two True Freaks podcast to get you know live announcements of every show that's coming out and such. You can go to the 
Cantina if you want to talk to people who listen to the show and make the shows. And if you are of of if you uh, that kind of person that has Twitter, which I guess is a lot of people uh, and a lot of bots apparently, um, you can go to Twitter and there you can meet the person who runs our Twitter feed, Gene Gene, the non-bot machine. Boop, boop, Gene is not a robot. Boop. Yes, uh, click on all the all the, the pictures that show Gene. Prove that you're not a robot. <laughs> but that's where you can find me. Where can they find you, Hope? You can find me at J Guys and Jetter. 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 J Guys and Jetter. <laughs> you can find me at J Guys and Jetter. I saw a bunch of them Jetter down out of the creek the other day. They were hunting <laughs> fish, crawdads, with their light, light sorties there. <laughs> They're laser savers. They're um, laser pokers. You can find me at Guys and Jedi on Twitter. I run our Twitter account. You can also find me at Hope Molinax on Twitter. Um, I'm also a staff writer for the Geeky Waffle. I am currently doing recaps of Dead in Paranormal Park. It's really great. I highly suggest it. I'm two episodes in, and I'm really loving it so far. Um, also, I know that my episode of Bookmarked and Busy is coming out this week. So this would be two weeks ago. So I joined Rin on Bookmark and Busy, and I talked about fanfiction and dropped my in- stupid amount of knowledge about Cats the Musical lore, because Cats has lore. <laughs> <laughs> and Rin was not prepared for me to drop knowledge about Cats lore. Thank you, my best friend Megan, who put all that in my brain. Um, and we had a really interesting conversation about me writing High Republic fanfiction, um, and th- we talked about Thrawn and writing Thrawn fiction, and I talked about um, getting my roots in role playing. Um, and I will say, I'm going to knock on wood, but I've been secretly working on a project uh-huh. with with Charles from Gold Squadron Gaze and Chris from Dorkside Divas. And all I can say is, it looks like we might have a team together, and we might can move forward with this project. I don't oh. want to say more than that because we finally got two more members and we're having our first meeting on Sunday. And if it goes well, I'm hoping it will be a really cool thing that we're all working on. But I don't want to go more into it too much because we'll see. We've been <laughs> Has ha- it happened yet? <laughs> we've been trying for about three to four months to do this project. And we keep hitting snags, but it looks like we might be moving forward. So once we have a meeting, we talk about it some more. Um, I might make a official announcement soonish. So, but I'm really excited about it. And yeah, interesting. Yeah, but oh, I should also say in the fall. Um, I know I've talked about this before, but for the Geeky Waffle, I will be taking over reviewing the Bad Batch. So I will be writing reviews of Bad Batch in the fall, which I'm very excited for. Yay! All right, and what your your mispronunciation of Jedi's made me think Ermagerd. Ermagerd, Jurgers and Jurders. Jurders. Gotta get those jitters. <laughs> so it's like we're saying jitters, like J-I-T, like, oh, I got the jitters. <laughs> I was just thinking, like, Derek Jeter or something. Aw. But, all right. Oh, we're done with animation for a long time. Not a long time. It's not that long of a season. Couple months, couple months. We're doing... Oh, that's Man- right. Mando, Book of Boba Fett, and then Kenobi. Oh, you're and right. then... 
Probably. Well, here's the, here's the interesting thing that we, we'll need to hash out. Andor and Bad Batch are running the same time. They overlap. But I, I think and, Andor starts first in August. It starts on August 31st. Wow, Andor's like a month away almost. Yeah, it's not uh, that far away. Yeah, so Andor starts first, and then it overlaps with Bad Batch. So I would assume we would do Andor first, and then Bad Batch, right? Am I assuming that right? Yeah, we could. We don't have to. I don't know. We might want to do Bad Batch just to get some animation in there, too. And yeah. Andor being brand spanking new, we might want to give it a little time to But you can make that same argument. You can, make, you can make that same argument with Bad Batch about wanting to marinate yes, that's on it true. That's true. But Andor will be done first, and then Bad Batch will be finishing its run. Bad Batch is Andor. already established, so Andor is, like, brand new. Yeah. Um, and then we have Tales of the Jedi at some point, but I don't know if that... I know it's just fall, but I don't think it has an official date yet. Um, so, yeah, but we have... And that'll like, be really short, too. Yeah, we have three to four more shows um, before we get back to animation. Ah, kill me. Ha. You'll I, enjoy yourself. Yeah. I, Kenobi's yeah. gonna be a riot. I am so excited for Kenobi. Like, like throw out the Mando, throw out the Boba Fett. I want to do yeah. Kenobi. Like, oh, oh, I can't wait to get to Kenobi. But we're not there yet. Yeah, can, can, like, I'm almost of the mind of Kenobi that, like, it's almost like we could almost, like, split each episode into two each episode of Kenobi into two episodes with the amount of stuff in them, you know? Those are gonna be so much fun to do. I'm very excited yes, for they are. Oh yeah, um, they're gonna be pa packed full of fun stuff to talk about. <laughs> oh my god, there's a big fucking spider outside my window. Good lord. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus Christ. Um, anyway, so come back next week because we are starting season two of the mandalorian and we're going to be talking about chapter nine the marshal and you guys get to hear all about din cobb din cobb which din is cob. which is a great ship like i love my girl omera and i still ship omera and den like Cobb Vant gives Omera a run for her money to get that boy, and that's why they need to be polyamorous and wrench their babies together, and it's hot. <laughs> so there's a little sneak preview of what to <laughs> expect. Din Cobb, baby! Or a season two of the Mandalorian. Let's go! <laughs> Alright guys, we'll see you All next right, week. We're starting up Mando again. Bye. Bye-bye-bye-bye. Visit our website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. You can email Two True Freaks directly at twotruefreaks at gmail.com. Two True Freaks and all of its excellent affiliates are available on iTunes, and you can choose to subscribe to either the entire network if you wish, or pick whichever individual shows you want to follow. We have so many shows to choose from, there's just bound to be one that appeals to your particular fandom. Just search Two True Freaks with an exclamation mark at the end, space, and the number two. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. 
Dumbass. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? If you've enjoyed our show, please, won't you take a moment to rate us on iTunes? That helps others find the show, too. Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. And this is your Uncle Don saying good night. Good night, little kids. Good night. We're off? Good. Well, that ought to hold the little bastards.